It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the UFC MMA guru. We got Mean Gene in the house. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Mean Gene 0022 on Twitter. And you can find his bolts on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Gene, here we go. We got the fight night that will be at the Apex in Las Vegas this Saturday. February the 27th, I feel like we have a pretty good card, uh, much better than, than than last week's card, and uh, I'm actually going to go ahead and throw two prelim fights in here too, because I think we have two interesting prelim fights, obviously we have the main event here is going to be Rosenstruck against Gone. we'll get to that to go ahead and finish off the podcast, but what I do want to do here is start out with some of the prelim fights, I picked two, I have one here that I think probably should be on the main card, we'll get to that one with Hernandez and Moises. But let's go ahead and start out with uh, Dustin Jacoby. He's going to go ahead. He's going to face Max Grishin. Jacoby's going to be minus 180 right now. I went through and I looked at this one, and I think Grishin's had some tough fights. I think the fact that he's going to come down and wait here, that this is probably going to suit him a little bit better. Jacoby, he's been all over the map, you know, in the Contender Series, UFC, back and forth. I think that that hurts him. I think Grishin, you know, he has the wrestling to probably go ahead and maybe beat Jacoby in this one. And I think if Grishin could probably avoid Jacoby, I mean, he's been out there doing a lot of kickboxing. So if he could avoid those Jacoby kicks, I feel like that puts Grishin in, in, in a decent spot. I don't know. I have a feeling like this could be like one of those early prelim upsets. So I'll go ahead. I'll take Grishin plus the, you know, plus 160 right now. I feel, I don't feel super strong about it, but I, I certainly don't think that, you know, Jacoby should be minus 180. So I'll take a shot here with the dog. Not super strong. I'll pizza bet that one. How are you feeling about Jacoby and Christian going into this one? It should be an exciting fight. I, I do like the, that the UFC is uh, kicking off this card with this fight. Um, Jacoby is an exciting stand-up fighter. Like you said, he's a kickboxer. He's one of Glory's, you know, um, best kickboxers of all time. And, um, you know, he's, talent, he's talented on the feet. Uh, obviously, vicious kicks. He's a very good counterpuncher as well. Um, and then Grishin too, you know, Grishin's got legit power on the feet. Like you said, he was a heavyweight and he's dropping down. He's going to, he's going to be faster. I think, um, you know, he's in the, I think the power will carry as well. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you. I think this is a closer fight than the, than the line leads on. The key will just be, can Grishin implement his wrestling and grappling? Can he just dirty up the fight? If he just stands on the outside and allows Jacoby to pick him apart, he's going to, he's going to lose. Cause he's, he's Jacoby is clearly the, the more talented striker here. So we'll just see if Grishin gets in there and kind of dirties it up, gets in his face, pushes him against the cage, and and tries to take him down. So um, I don't think it's that bad of a bet, especially if it's a pizza bet. I, I think it's worth the uh, the risk to to take Grishin personally. Just a straight pick for me. I'm going Jacoby. I think he will be able to you know kind of stay on the outside, but it, it wouldn't surprise me. Like I said, if Grishin just dirties up the fight and you know makes a, a dog fight for for Jacoby. All right, it doesn't sound like either of us are, are super strong on that one. It, it should probably be an interesting fight. I think what I agree with you most is that if Grishin stands there on the outside, Jacoby's going to end up just picking him apart. Like he's going to have the he's going to have you know the kicking game. I think which is going to be you got. I don't think that Grishin could go in there and just let him do whatever he wants. He, he, I mean, it could end early. I mean, he could you know blow his legs up in no time, and and it could be over. I'm just hoping that Grishin is more aggressive. Um, at this weight class, which I had mentioned, I think it'll suit him a little bit better. And he can go ahead and get, he can eventually go ahead and get Jacoby down to the ground. 
and like you said, just dirty up the fight. Like that, that we know his path to success is not going to be out there just trying to trade blows on the feet. Like that's just that's not going to be you know what gets him to the finish line. Should be an interesting fight. I think a really good one though. You know to go go ahead and open up you know the prelim card and then let's talk about the one that's going to close the prelim card. I thought this one should have been on the main card, but obviously I'm not going to complain. Um, you know I generally try to watch you know all the prelim and then you know obviously the main card. So I'll be betting all these fights here. I feel like Hernandez just has too many weapons in this one. He's going to be a minus 200 favorite. I think for good reason. I think he can stand. You know, I certainly think he can go ahead and grapple. He has a a, a much better resume, in my opinion. I think he has a chance to win this one probably by knockout. Um, He says he he does worry me, you know, that he lets, I don't know, he kind of lets guys go in and get into their game plan, you know, to go ahead and start the fights. And then he tries to adjust. I just think Hernandez is at, you know, a different type of, of level to where uh, Moises could go ahead and get comfortable and let Hernandez get into his game plan. Like, I think, you know, you need to kind of avoid that here. So I don't have an official pick, but I think I think what I'm going to end up doing is probably playing Hernandez by knockout. Uh, I feel decent about that. I'll let you go ahead and talk me on or talk me off the ledge with, you know, with this fight in particular. But more importantly, you know, the, the wager that I am considering, which would be Hernandez by knockout. How are you feeling about that fight? How do you think that one plays out? Man, I, I'm really excited for this fight. Um, I think this is a great um, great job by the UFC matchmakers to pit these two against each other. They're, they're two rising prospects. Um, you know, Alex Hernandez came out, had a lot of hype behind him early, and he kind of faltered, um, especially against Dallas Cerrone. Um, and I think he was just he was too confident, to be honest with you, um, before the skills were really there and developed. And he's kind of coming into his own recently, um, but he's just not fighting a lot as well. And um, so I'm interested to see him, you know, get back in there and go up against a, a, a tough young fighter in, in, in Moises. Uh, Moises is only 25 years old. He keeps getting better every fight out. And man, you know, if the winner of this fight is going to get a legit test in, in their next um, in their next fight. So I'm excited from it uh, for this fight um, from that standpoint. Um, as for the matchup, I agree. Um, Hernandez should be the favorite. I think two minus 200 is a little bit too big, to be honest with you. I, I think it maybe should be more at like the 160, 170 um, area. But um, yeah, 100 percent. He's the he's the better fighter here. Um, he's a better all-around fighter. He's more aggressive, especially in the first round. Um, and I think that will be the key to the fight. I mean, if Hernandez comes out guns blazing like he normally does in the first, but is able to keep his gas tank, if he doesn't finish Moises, I think he wins this fight. Because like you said, um, Moises does let his opponents kind of get into a rhythm. And he, especially um, if they're in a striking rhythm, he doesn't like to get hit. He kind of shells up, and it, it's it it doesn't look good in the eyes of the judges um, when he does that. Um, but when he gets into the second, third round, if he starts implementing his game, um, you know he's dangerous. He's got legit power on the feet. He's obviously um, a um, proficient jujitsu practitioner. You know black belt um, when it comes to the ground game. So if he gets Hernandez somehow to the ground, you know I, I wouldn't be surprised if he subs him, but. Um, I think if Hernandez, Hernandez is just smart, you know, he kind of, he just, he's aggressive in the first, tries to get him out of there, but uh, manages his gas tank because that's been an issue for him. As long as he manages, manages his gas tank, um, if it gets past the first, I think, I think he'll just pick Moises apart um, and end up, you know, getting the victory, to be honest with you. But um, 
But don't be surprised, man, if, if Moises is able to to get a submission on the ground. Like if Hernandez tries to wrestle with him, gets him to the ground, you know, Moises, Moises is going to be um, more than happy to to hit the ground and, and try to lock up a sub. All right. Well, that should be an interesting one to go in and close out that prelim card. Uh, let's jump into the main one here. But I'll be honest, this fight here is, is for me, is, is pretty much all just perception. Uh, the last couple of times I saw Alex Caceres fight, I don't want to say I was super impressed. The last couple of times I bet Alex Caceres, I had money on him. So naturally, I'm happy. Um, he's going to be a big favorite in this one, minus 215 against Kevin Kroom. You know, Caceres is on a nice little win streak. I've benefited a little bit from that. He's looked good in some of those fights. I think both guys do have a decent resume here. I also think that Caceres kind of has a tough style to figure out. You know, being a southpaw, you know, he's going against a guy like Kroom who, you know, doesn't have like those cat-like reflexes that that, that Kroom could eventually get caught. I think this will be somewhat of an entertaining fight. The 215, I think, is maybe a little bit high. I think Kroom is actually, you know, he, he's not bad. But I think Caceres probably takes care of business here. I just don't know how to bet him. Um, like I said, a lot of it's public perception. I made money on the guy before. I think Kroom is good, but I just don't think he's as good as Caceres. I don't think the line makes much sense to me. I think it's a bit too high. So I'll either – I'm just going to rely on you, Gene, to, to tell me what to bet in this one if I'm on the right side. Um, how do you think this one ends up playing out? Caceres is on a nice little win streak. You know, he's looked good. Both guys have decent resumes, but obviously Caceres has, has the better resume for sure, though. But Caceres has, like, a tough style to figure out, um, like you had mentioned. My angle on this, honestly, is the fight doesn't go go the distance at plus 135. I I, I look for Caceres – on the feet, Caceres is, you know, standing outside, try to pick Kroom apart. Kroom seems like he wants to finish this thing. You know, he's he's been talking before this fight about being aggressive and trying to submit Caceres, and I think that's really what he's going to do. I think he's going to get in there and just try to get in Caceres' face. But the problem with that, man, is Caceres is is good on the feet and on the ground. Um, he's, he's, he's got length. He's lanky, and that helps him lock up subs. Um, so on the feet... If it stays on the feet, I think Caceres just picks him apart and eventually finishes him. You know, I could see like a club and sub type of thing where he, you know, hurts him, gets him to the ground and ends up, you know, throwing on a guillotine or, or, or takes his back. And if Kroom wants to get real aggressive and try to take Caceres down, um, you know, I, I look for Caceres to lock up a guillotine, um, you know, maybe grab an arm or, you know, a triangle if, if, if somehow Caceres is on his back. So um, I actually kind of, yeah, if, at plus 135, the fight does not go the distance. I like that, just given the fact that Kroom is going to be aggressive. He is a pretty aggressive fighter in general, but um, the talk of, you know, leading up to this fight is like, hey, man, I'm trying to prove a point. You know, I want to be Caceres. You know, I'm going to be in his face. So if he's going to do that, man, I I, um, I feel like that's that's good for, for Caceres. I think Caceres ends up beating them um, via submission. If Kroom somehow gets the best of, of Caceres, it's going to be because he subs Caceres. It's not going to be on the feet. So I, I like inside the distance at plus 135. I think it's pretty good odds. All right, Gene. Well, I think one of the things you probably did throughout there was probably talking me off of maybe just laying the 215 uh, with Caceres. You know, I, I don't think that line makes sense to me. It's just that's just the way that I felt going into it. But, you know, you made a pretty good case to go ahead and play this one, you know, not to go the distance plus 135. So. You know, if I could get the plus 135 with somebody with your expertise versus my expertise, uh, you know, laying minus 215 or, um, you know, trying to go ahead and, and figure out what to do with Caceres. 
Um, I'll go ahead. I'll just take your recommendation. Uh, I don't want to act like I know a whole hell of a lot, you know, with these two particular fighters when, you know, they step into the octagon, how it's all going to play out. So uh, I feel like at least I'm making a wise decision to go ahead and, you know, it's far less risk for me um, to go ahead and follow your recommendation than it is to go ahead and do mine. Uh, The next fight here, let's jump into, we got uh, Pedro Munoz. He's going to go up against Jimmy Rivera. Rivera's going to be minus 150. I'll let you go ahead and start out with this one. Munoz and Rivera, how are you feeling about that one? Man, this this potentially could be fight of the night. These two guys are tough, durable guys. They're going to stand in the pocket for the most part. Um, and, and I'll get into the to the strategy in a second. But for the most part, they're going to stay in the pocket, you know, throw. Um, this fight should be on the feet. You know, I wrote about this in my article that's going to come out tomorrow on, on the Betting Predators website. You know, this fight is destined to go to a decision. Their original matchup, which they fought five plus years ago, that went to a decision. Rivera, 27 fights in his career, 17 decisions. And then when it comes to Munoz, you know, Munoz, um, he's had three straight decisions. Four of his last six um, fights have gone to a decision. Um, these guys, are they're, they're both just tough and durable, man. I mean, um, Rivera has gotten dropped in, in a few of his uh, previous fights. He hasn't been finished, but he's gotten dropped. And Munoz definitely has the power, but I feel like Rivera's just going to stand on the outside. Rivera's the better striker. He um, he's the, the the faster fighter. He's more uh, technical with his striking as well, and he just uses his movement really well. And you saw that in the first fight between these these guys. Um, and uh, Rivera ended up hurting Munoz, kind of rushed him, and Munoz almost finished him with a guillotine, which is his patented move. You know, he he's an amazing uh, guillotine artist. As long as Rivera just sticks to the game plan, stays on the outside, and just boxes Munoz up, um, he should get the victory. It should be a decision. Like I said, they, they went to the decision in their last fight. They're both decision fighters in general, and they're they're both very tough and very durable. So for me, and it's kind of chalky because it's I think it's like minus 225, I, I think this fight goes to the decision. It's it's one of my, my favorite plays on this card, whether it's a straight play or it's parlayed with another, another fight. Um, I like this fight to go to a decision. Well, that makes me really happy because I ca- I have a very similar handicap. I was going to go ahead and play this one to go to distance two minus two twenty five. I felt like I would use it in a parlay. You you made a really good case that that you felt like you know you could probably even make this you know a straight bet if you want. But minus two twenty five, you know, and there are, we do have some you know big favorites in this one. I feel like maybe we could use this in a parlay piece as well. You know, I don't think Munoz is going to get knocked out here. Uh, I don't think that guy's even been knocked down, let alone knocked out. I felt like the, the pace would be slow. That's kind of the way that I, I felt about it. I, I felt like both guys would just want to stand up, rely on their striking defense, rely on their takedown defense, which is actually really good. I just felt like it would be more like, you know, low volume kind of a fight. It seems like you're on the other end of that. Like you feel like it could be, I don't know, maybe fight of the night. But I think more than anything that these guys' styles kind of, maybe will offset maybe their defensive styles will offset their their offensive style um and it'll go the distance that's just the way that I kind of thought about it this was probably one of my my favorite picks um out of all the ones that I was making uh especially through you know some of the research that I that I did too so I'm I'm gonna be with you on this one Gina I'll go ahead and I'll play that one with you um maybe I'll play it straight it depends but more than likely I'll probably plug that into uh, one of the big favorites towards the top of the card here. Uh, I'll play that one to go to distance here. 
Let's jump into our next fight here. We got uh, Montana De La Rosa, and we have Bueno Silva at minus 135. Bueno Silva, more than likely, she's going to look for a submission. I, I feel she's pretty good uh, at minus 135. It seems like a good price to me, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go out of my comfort zone, and you can you know, easily just tell me, you know, Sleepy, I think you're wrong with this one. Uh, maybe you're making a good bet. Maybe you're making, you know, not a good bet. But I'll play Bueno Silva to go ahead and win by submission. I could get that at plus 340. I'll probably play her minus 135 to go in and win, and I'll play her at plus 340 to win by submission. Those are the two wagers I'll make in that one. How you feeling about De La Rosa and uh, Bueno Silva? Yeah, I, I, like, um, I like where you're going with this. I like both bets for sure. And the reason why I like it is because, man, I'm actually c- kind of surprised by that submission being at, you know, 300. Silva is a legit jiu-jitsu practitioner. She likes going to the ground, and it, it kind of it leads to the way she fights as well. She's, you know, in this particular fight, she's clearly the better striker. She has legit knockout power, and she likes to pressure her opponents. And knowing that she's good on the ground, that often leads to her getting taken down. And if she's getting taken down, I mean, that's where, you know, you're going to see her jujitsu game. I mean, she could lock up a submission. As for De La Rosa, De La Rosa just on the feed. She's getting better for sure. Maybe she is the more quote-unquote technical striker, but she doesn't really have any power. It's more just kind of pitter-pat um, striking. And the other thing about her, she gets busted up really easy on the feet. Um, so if, if Silva lands a big shot, I mean, she's going to bloody De La Rosa. And in the eyes of the judges, that's going to go a long way to, you know, if it goes to a decision to, you know, giving it to Silva. So I, I love I love the play on Silva just straight, minus 135. I do think that's a good price. I'm actually really surprised it's at that price. I, I thought Silva would be like 170, maybe close to 200, to be honest with you. Because De La Rosa, I just haven't been impressed by De La Rosa. She really doesn't offer anything except for ground game. She want, What she wants to do is get you to the ground and try to get your back and choke you out. But um, with a fighter like Silva, who, who's bigger and stronger than her, I, I just don't see her doing it. And and also Silva on the ground, you know, like I said, she's she's legit on the ground. And I think she'll be able to handle any attack, attack from uh, De La Rosa. So um, I love the straight play. And then as for Silva getting a submission, I like that as well. I think that's a, it's a good value play 100% because De La Rosa wants it on the ground. And because Silva, like I said, she's very aggressive on the feet and she kind of allows her opponents to take her down because she's not afraid to be taken down because of her uh, jiu-jitsu uh, skills. So, yeah, man, I, I like both of those plays. All right, well, I'm certainly glad you agree with me on that one. Let's jump into the next fight here. We got, uh, who's this one? Nikita Krylov against Ankalaev is minus 360. Uh, I feel like the like the odds are a little bit long for this one, but, you know, kind of close to being correct, maybe 250. But uh, Ankalaev, is that how you say it? Uncle? I'll just call him Uncle. Ankalaev. I feel like he probably wins this one by KO. Uh, but, you know, basically it's he's minus 360, and then to go the distance is minus 230. So they're basically telling you that it's not going to go the distance and who's going to win the fight. And if I could go ahead and get, you know, Uncle I have to go in and win by KO at minus 110, I think that that's the bet that I'm going to go ahead and make. Not sure how you feel about that, but I just think the odds makers are kind of telling you you know, which direction this is more than likely going to go. So if I could lay minus 110, you know, for Uncle I have to go and win by KO, I feel pretty good about that wager. So that's what I'll do. 
Yeah, man. And, and I'll just quickly say, I've been impressed with, you know, your analysis of, of these fights and, and previous fight cards. Um, the angles that you, you know, you attack these fights are, it's, it's impressive, man. Like, cause you know, again, I'm going to have to agree with you 100%. I mean, Magomed uh, Ankalaev, man, is, is the dark horse of the light um, heavyweight division. Dude is super legit. He potentially could be a champion in the future, especially with what's going on with, um, you know, that division right now. Adesanya moving up, you know, Blahovich is the champ right now. I feel like that towel is going to kind of change hands a lot. And Ankalaev could, could easily jump up there and take it. The guy's super, super skilled, super dangerous. You saw in his last fight, that first round knockout of Kutalaba. He's, he's amazing, to be honest with you. And, and, uh, and, and you have... Krylov coming in here. Krylov, I agree with you in the sense of like the minus three sixty. Krylov is is skilled, man. He, you know, he's fought some of the who's who of that division. If people wanted to like take a shot on Krylov, I wouldn't fault him. But um, I'm going Magomed Ankalaev uh, for sure. I think he gets it done inside the distance. I do think he he knocks out Krylov. Um, and if you look at the stats, you know, Krylov's had thirty four fights. Thirty two of those thirty four have ended in finishes. Whether he's you know on on the good end of that or the bad end of that, it's it, that's insane. Thirty four fights, thirty two finishes, and then you know ten finishes out of fifteen fights for Ankalaev. So I mean, it's just pointing all to you know, and that's why you're seeing the you know minus two fifty or pardon me minus two thirty for it not to go go to the distance because both of these guys when they step in the cage, their fight doesn't go the full thir- three rounds. So I expect to finish. And I expect it to be Ankalaev knocking out Krylov. Krylov's super aggressive. And, man, I would not be surprised if Ankalaev knocks him out in the first round. I think Krylov's going to get after him in that you know first round, try to you know make it messy. He doesn't want to stay on the outside against Ankalaev because Ankalaev will pick him apart. I think he um, you know kind of rushes Ankalaev and gets caught with something. So I'm with you on that. I kind of liked a lot, and a lot of the research that I did, it, a lot of people agreed that you know Ankalaev probably ends up winning this one. Uh, more than likely early and by KO. So I felt pretty good about that one. You know what I'm going to do is uh, let's jump into the final here. We got Rosenstruck. He's going to go up against Gon here. Uh, Gon minus 280. He's a big favorite. You know, if I do go ahead and play that that Munoz and Rivera to go the distance at minus 225, I'll probably just go ahead and parlay it here um, with Gon. And, but what I'm going to do here, Gene, is I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play this one to end in, in stoppage, in, by KO stoppage. At minus 160. Let's just say I don't hit hit gone. Um, I feel one way or another like I'm not going to end up in a bad situation. Um, you know, with the final with the final card, I feel like there's a good chance that I end up hitting a bet here one way or another. But I also think I could end up, you know, end up with a really good deal here. I think both guys are the real deal. I think both guys have the power to kind of turn out the lights on each other. I don't want to lay 280. I guess more than anything, I'll, I'll go ahead and parlay this one. I feel, you know, I feel pretty good that both guys are going to end up being able to do some damage. I just, I have no idea how this one lasts five rounds. So I'm just going to go ahead and play this one. Um, KO, stoppage minus 160. And more than likely, I'll just go ahead and I'll, I'll end up taking Gone, And I'll, I'll parlay him with uh, Munoz and Rivera to go the distance. That's what I'll do with that fight. What about you? Okay, so those are all, again... Um, those are smart plays. I, I agree with you for for the most part on all, all of those. Um, just to break down the fight, um, you know, one of these guys' lights are, are getting turned out. I, I agree with you on that. Uh, Gan is a cerebral fighter. You know, he uses his distance well. He uses his counters well. 
and obviously his kicks. You know, both these guys are are kickboxers um, before you know getting into the UFC, but they also have crazy power. And uh, but but Gan, you know, where you see Rosenstrike, Rosenstrike's getting getting knockouts and you know knockouts. You know, he's losing the entire fight against Overeem, and then with the last ten seconds, you know, he throw he he lands that crazy right hand on on uh, Overeem. He's got legit knockout power. It reminds me, honestly, this fight reminds me of last week's fight to a degree. You know, Curtis Blades, more cerebral fighter, more calculated, wants, you know, he has a game plan, wants to take down Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis just has that knockout power. Like at, at any moment, he, he can he can knock his opponent out, and you saw that, you know. Like um, Blades was clearly winning that fight, and then Lewis hit him with that with that uppercut and, and put him out. So it's the same thing here. It's like uh, Cyril Ghosn, um, more cerebral fighter. I think he's going to be smart and use distance a lot, try to pick Rosenstrike apart and just – just break him down and eventually finish him. Um, he's, he's, I think he's going to be methodical in there. The one thing with Gon, though, I think he's going to be a super, uh, a future champ personally. I don't know when, um, cause you know, John Jones is in that division now. And I think John Jones can get that belt and reign for a little bit, but man, Gon's got like, he's got everything. He's got the striking. He, he's cerebral. He's got his submissions as well. You know, he, he knocks out, he's got knockout wins on his resume. He's got submission victories on, on his resume as well. I just like the way he fights. He's just when he gets in there, man, nothing seems to bother him. So against Rosenstrike, I don't he's not gonna be worried about Rosenstrike's power. I think he'll be smart about it and try to keep him on the outside, but he'll have no problem engaging on the feet with Rosenstrike if he needs to. And then like I said, Rosenstrike, you know, Rosenstrike throws decent kicks, but he's just looking to knock you out. So the thing with Rosenstrike, man, he's a live dog. It's like the Derek Lewis like last week. He's a live dog, man. He can it could be the fifth round you know, 10 seconds left and he lands a shot on Gon. Um, but to be honest with you, I think Gon wins this. Um, I think Gon's a good parlay piece. Um, and I actually, um, the angle that I was looking at was just Gon inside the distance, which is plus 100. I, I like that play personally because I could see, like I said, Gon's got submissions and knockouts on his resume. I could easily see him submitting Rosenstrike, you know, landing, landing a nice strike, strike, Rosenstrike goes to the ground. He ends up locking up some type of submission on him. But um, either way, I I got Gon winning this fight. I think it's a good parlay piece, and I like your you know I like that this fight ends with a knockout because if Rosenstrike wins, it's not going to be because of decision at all. There's yeah, I don't see him winning a decision at all. There's like no way I'd bet any any amount of money on that that he doesn't win a decision. It's going to be by knockout. And then God on the other end, God can knock him out or submit him, or he can get a decision victory as well. But I just don't see that happening. It's a heavyweight fight. These guys are going to be standing and banging. And um, I think uh, God ends up getting his uh, his hand raised um, by finishing this fight inside the distance. So that's going to be my play. I like that play, actually. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with me adding that one to my card either. Um, yeah, I like that one. I think that's pretty good. You know, and that's what worried me about this fight, Gene, was let's go back to last week. Let's replay, you know, the Blades-Lewis fight where I liked Blades a lot. I thought he would run right through Lewis. I thought Lewis would just go tire, and he just sat there and he waited. He just sat there and waited, and then once he hit Blades, Blades didn't wake up for a while. Um, I mean, that dude was out cold. It took him a while to come to. I don't think he knew where the hell he was at. Um, you know, that, that was a vicious uppercut that Lewis hit him with. Um, it, and it didn't even look like he got more than 60% into that. 
So I can only imagine I sitting here. I'm like, God, man, if that dude ever hit me a hundred at a hundred percent, dude, I'd die. Go back to last week. You know, what, what did you see, you know, with that particular fight? And does that worry you? Because that's what worries me with, you know, these heavyweight fights is, you know, somebody like Rosenstruck, he'll knock your head off. Um, like you said, um, either of these guys could turn your lights out. And that's what worries me from, you know, laying minus 280, you know, and we learn our lessons from time to time. And, you know, you mentioned this, you know, that, that these fights, you know, sometimes they don't go the way that you expect them to go. They end crazy, um, you know, just, you know, finishes and, uh, you know, the way that this, these end sometimes just aren't the way that you imagine. As you said, you know, Rosa Strucks live. Why don't you talk about that fight last week and then tell me if, you know, that that does worry you a little bit about Rosenstruck fight too. Yeah. So like you said, I mean, I was definitely surprised I had um, Blades. So it was, it was definitely a, you know, a bad night in that sense. Um, Blades was, yeah, Blades was the better fighter on paper, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a heavyweight fight. And at any moment, one of these guys can land that shot and, and, and put, put the other guy's lights out. And, um, we saw with, like you said, last week, Derek Lewis, the guy, you know, he shoots, boom, uppercut. And I referenced it when I was breaking down, you know, the Rosenstrike gone fight. I mean, Rosenstrike is getting clearly lost the fight against Overeem. I mean, he's down four four rounds to none. Um, maybe you could have given him one round. And that was like, you know, if you were desperate to give him that round. So he was down, in my opinion, like four, you know, four rounds about to lose his fifth round. And literally with 10 seconds left, I mean, I think it was actually five seconds left. He lands an overhand right and, and knocks over him out. Um, and that's, you know, that just shows you his power. I mean, it's an example of his power. It's an example of how, man, he's never out of a fight. Um, he just fought Junior Dos Santos, knocked him out. The first round, Junior Dos Santos looked pretty good. I gave it to Rosenstrike, but a lot of people gave it to JDS that first round. Second round comes out, JDS still looks pretty good, and Rosenstrike just lands a couple shots and ends up getting him out of there. I mean, any heavyweight fight, man, um, you know, these guys can turn each other's lights out, you know, in a second. So, yes, that does worry me for sure because I like Rosenstrike, man. I think he's I think he's one of the better heavyweights um, for sure. I mean, I know he got, you know, KO'd by Nagano, but who doesn't with Nagano? Um, I, I think that guy's a future champion, and, you know, we'll end up talking about that fight soon. Um about the fight i think next week or in, in a couple weeks um so um getting back to my point um yeah it does worry me with Rosenstrike. um and I, I don't fault anyone taking Rosenstrike as an underdog here um he's got the skill he's got the power um he's not just you know he's better than Derek lewis to be honest with you um he's has more skills than him um so i wouldn't fault anyone taking Rosenstrike here um I'm kind of bouncing around here. Yeah. So as for last week, yeah, that was surprising to me. Um, I thought, you know, Blades was handily winning that fight too. Like he looked good. Blades was staying on the outside, picking Derek Lewis apart. Didn't really go to wrestle him because it's hard to get Derek Lewis down. So he, he had the right game plan, but man, he just, he didn't set up, he didn't set up that, that shot, you know, the, the, the takedown shot that he was going for. And, and, and Lewis read it perfectly in him with that uppercut. So, um, so yeah, when it comes to this fight, I can see the same thing. Gone got, like I said, gone is a cerebral fighter. He'll probably stay on the outside, just like you saw with blades. Um, he's more skilled than blades easily, but, um, he'll probably do the same thing. Just kind of stand outside, try to pick them apart. But I mean, yeah, 
Wilson Shirt could land that one shot and put his lights out. So um, it worries me. But at the end of the day, man, when you're breaking down these fights, you just, you know, you just got to go with the, you know, you have to go with your analysis, you know, and, and, and gone is just clearly the better fighter here. I mean, he, he just, he all, he has more past the victory. Um, and for me, again, I just like that he's cerebral. I like that he, he doesn't rush things. You know, he's not going out there just winging shots. That's what Rosenstruck did against Naganu. He just started winging shots against Naganu. Naganu's like, all right, fuck this. I'm going to come right back with it. And so he started winging shots right back at him and, and knocked him out viciously. So I don't think you're going to see that from Gan. I think Gan's going to be methodical and kind of and pick Rosenstrike apart and end up getting the finish. But yeah, man, it's anytime you're betting on a heavyweight fight, you, you know, you're sweating the entire time. I will tell you the one thing that worries me is the fact that it looks like we, we're backing a lot of favorites here. And we know that these cards can go, you know, all dogs. And then it'll be, you know, next week it'll be all favorites. But it does worry me that that we agree on a lot of this stuff and that we, we we're end up backing, you know, a lot of the favorites to do, you know, favorite type of things. Um, that's really my biggest concern, you know, after going through all these fights. But the fact that we're not disagreeing a whole lot, I think there's a good chance that, you know, we might end up being right on a lot of these fights and, and hopefully, you know, we're right on all of them. Um, and that's one. Of, and we've seen these cards before, Gene, where, you know, the favorites just go out and they dominate. And sometimes you get the dogs go out and dominate. But this doesn't look like a dog kind of card to me. Um, I don't want to say there aren't, you know, that these guys aren't live. But I feel like there's a lot of dogs in here um, that are a lot less live than, you know, than, than some normal cards. So um, th- that is a concern for me. But at the same time, I do feel pretty confident in the fact that you agree you know, with a lot of the wagers that I that I went ahead and, and, and you know, kind of laid out there. Um, you didn't push back on a whole lot. So I feel pretty good, uh, particularly about this card. So hopefully we'll do um, rather well. But that'll wrap up this pod. Big thanks to Gene for jumping on here. You guys can get him on Twitter at MeanGene0022. Make sure you guys check out Gene's stuff. He's been putting up some stuff on the bettingpredators.com website. Uh, Gene, exactly what, what did you put up? Uh, I'd say like over the last week, uh, what do you, you know, potentially plan on putting out as well? Yeah. So I, I put out an article, just kind of a, a MMA betting 101, you know, just wanted to, you know, get, get my feet wet um, with these articles and, and just for the, for the readers, just kind of like, yeah, like I said, just a basic uh, MMA betting 101, just kind of let everyone know how, how to attack betting MMA. It's, it's a new sport, but it's, you know, not a new sport, but you know what I'm saying? It's, um, I think we had this conversation before. It's starting to get up there with these major sports in, in America. Um, I think it has surpassed, you know, the NHL, or at least you had said it passed the NHL, and I agree with you on on that. So I'm um, just kind of giving um, the readers just a basic, you know, um, 411 on just how to bet MMA and what type of bets to make. The one that's going to come out um, this week, which should come out tomorrow at some point, um, at, at the very latest Saturday, that's more about prop betting, which, you know, we kind of, we covered a lot of props in this podcast, actually. And um, it just breaks down the the most common prop bets that you'll see in MMA and how to attack it, what you're looking for. And I actually put a couple bets in there um, that pertain to, you know, the I, I broke down three um, prop bets, uh, types of prop bets, and I, I put a couple bets in there as well um, that you could take advantage of. So, and one of them, I'll just, you know, spoiler alert, one of them was, and I kind of reference it, is the Pedro Munoz and Jimmy Rivera going to a um, 
to a decision um, that that's in there. So um, I'm looking forward to that fight. Hopefully we cash that, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm really enjoying, uh, you know, uh, doing these podcasts and writing these articles and stuff. And you guys will just see more, um, more articles from me as, as the weeks go on, um, trying to drop one every week pretty much and give you guys different angles, uh, betting angles on MMA and throwing in some, some good bets to, uh, to make based on those, those angles. All right. Well, awesome stuff. Certainly appreciate all your hard work, Gene. And, uh, you know, make sure you guys go ahead and, you know, read those articles and stuff like that, um, you know, from Gene, because he's putting out some really good information. And make sure you guys double double back here next week and throughout the month of March. And we're going to have a lot of uh, we're going to have a lot of UFC stuff going on. And Gene and I will be diving in. Uh, we haven't had it. We haven't had one of those cards yet that we can go ahead and say, boy, we wish we didn't give out that card. Um, I don't think it'll be this one um, this week, but. Um, I'm sure one of those are, are, are coming, but um, hopefully we'll go ahead. We'll stack some units for the followers this week. And uh, the month of March is going to be, it's going to be action packed, big events, pay-per-view events. And we'll go ahead. We'll break all of them down to get you guys um, all of that information. As I mentioned, you guys could get Gene on Twitter, mean Gene 22. You can find me at SlippyJ underscore pregame. And you can get us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck on Saturday. Enjoy the fights. <laughs>